0: Well, praise the Lord, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you again with the Word of God. So grateful, so thankful, praise God, that you're connecting with us. Today, once again, we're going to jump in to the book of Luke, chapter 6, please. The book of Luke and chapter 6. And We've been talking about being founded on the rock, praise God, and what that means. So once again, let's go to our key verses. Verse 46 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, a stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Praise God. But he who heard and did nothing, now remember Matthew's account, of this talks about the difference between a wise man and a foolish man, okay is one that hears and does and one that hears and does not all right but verse verse forty nine but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation uh, without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently against it, right and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great now obviously. Uh, A good uh, parable here, story for us, praise the Lord, that the Lord uh, spoke. And, of course, the whole thing in context, really the word to all of us is the emphasis of personally being a doer of what you hear. Amen. That's really the key, and that's really what it's all about. He's talking about being a doer. Amen. To do as you hear, praise God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Now, of course, that means supreme or supremacy, uh, supreme in authority, master, that's what that word means. So why are you calling me master? Why are you calling me uh, supreme? Why are you saying I'm, I, I'm your, I'm your super, uh, su- supreme one? Uh, why are you saying that to me and then not giving heed to the things I'm saying to you? In other words, you're saying I'm, I should be the one calling the shots, but you're not willing to follow it when I lead you. In other words, you're taking a casual approach to everything I say. In fact, a lot of times that's what happens. We start seeing his words as, you know, good suggestions or recommendations or maybe just some good advice uh, from a friend or something when all along uh, these are words of life to live by, and that's what he's trying to bring out. So why are you calling me Lord and then not even willing to follow it when when I give you a leading, all right? Now, obviously, there's some problem there with that. He says here, he says, whoever comes to me and hears, verse 47, and hears uh, these sayings of mine, and does them. I will show you to whom he is like, all right, all right. So then it goes on, the man that follows him is like a wise man that builds that house on a rock, amen, and no matter what kind of storm comes their way, amen, it stays firmly planted, praise God. The one that hears and does nothing is the one that when that storm comes, uh, obviously that house is tearing apart and going downstream, all right. So let's take a look at some of these things, give you a little bit of review, uh, who, whoever comes to me and hears and does. All right, that's the key here. Now, obviously, um, let's see here. Uh, we see f- several different things if you compare the two. First off, you see the fact that both heard. Okay, and you need to understand that. Both heard. All right, it isn't like uh, you know one heard, one didn't hear. They both heard. Uh, so then that shows you that obviously both have somewhere along the line either Uh, or getting an inward witness, or they've read it by Scripture, however it is, uh, but both have heard. Obviously, uh, we also see by this that that neither one have an excuse, and that's something I've kind of touched on each week. Uh, We don't have an excuse. So if we're hearing and not doing, and then all of a sudden, you know, all hell, so to speak, breaks loose on us, we have no excuse to say, well, I didn't know. Well, you did know. You were being led. You were uh, being, uh, you know, given an instruction that you refuse to follow. Well, obviously, uh, so both both here, both have no excuse. Both are building a house. In other words, that's, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Both are, you know, trying to move their, their households forward and their families forward, their life forward. That's what it kind of all represents. And so both of them are, are building a house, which is a good thing. Uh, both have opportunities, the same opportunities, okay? One made a decision to... Uh, you know, to build on the rock, one made a decision, I didn't want to do that, all right? Uh, both uh, faced a storm, all right? We see that, and probably, in, in all honesty, probably the same storm, okay? You see two individuals facing probably the same storm here, but regardless, okay, referring to a storm in life, okay, both faced the same storm, both had opposition, both had pressure, okay, which you have to understand that's the case. It's always going to be the case, all right? Uh, you notice one made a decision to do what's right by building, you know, laying a foundation on the rock. One made a decision not to do that just by building on the on the earth. And I think Matthew's account says on the sand, okay? And we, we see uh, in here one's considered then wise, one's considered foolish, okay? Uh, as I said earlier, you see that in the Matthew's account. You also see that, I like to uh, make reference, you know, in uh, Proverbs 1, uh, that really that whole chapter is dealing with... Um, you know, the decision to follow God, and it's a wise thing to follow God, and it's a foolish thing to not follow when God leads. And uh, Proverbs 1 is just, uh, you know, basically the whole chapter's talking about that. The last verse of that chapter, verse 33, he says this, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Okay, it's a good promise, but again, it's based on somebody that's listening, and if you actually, if you look that up, and actually even in context, it's talking about not just hearing, but listening with the intent to do, to follow, to do what He asks you to do, praise God. All right, so the one that does that is going to be safe and, uh, what does it say here, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Amen. Good promise. Good promise. Amen. Amen. We also see in this story in Luke uh, that, uh, okay, uh, one stood, one house stood. Okay, one was founded and one stood, right? One did not uh, stand, one fell, one, one in a sense, uh, uh, the ground uh, pulled away from under it, next thing you know, the home is crumbling, next thing you know, it's going downstream, and that's kind of what you're seeing here. So even though they both heard, they both built a house, they both had a storm, uh, one made one decision, which which uh, determined a, uh, an, a result. Another one made a different decision which determined its result. Now, you got to hang on to that because that's been our key through this whole uh, series here is talking about the importance of being a doer of what you hear. James 1 and 22 uh, just makes it real clear, praise God, that uh, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, lest you deceive yourself, Okay. And that's the, that happens a lot. A lot of people are deceived because they heard, they assume they're already doing because they've heard it. Well, if you're not putting uh, you know, energies behind it, if you're not practicing what you're hearing, guess what? You're, you could be deceiving yourself into thinking that it's working for you when it may not be. Now, the problem with some of that is we don't know entirely until those storms kind of hit. Now, again, uh, I think I've made this clear over the last couple of weeks, You know, we're not trying to pray some negative confession on you. You just have to understand that storms do come. Uh, You know, the enemy's going to do everything he can to try to get in there and try to uh, somehow, you know, mess up or disrupt your life. Uh, And I'm not saying he has to win or has to get in there, but see, the thing is, if we're not laying a foundation, if we're not being prepared for that, uh, then when that storm rolls in, just like this other individual that built on the earth or built on the sand, you know, he wasn't expecting his house to be, you know, busting apart and going downstream. He didn't expect that to happen. But nevertheless, it did happen. Now, just for whatever it's worth, I think it's worthy then of given a definition of this word foundation. Okay? The word foundation means something put down. Something put down. Of course, it's talking about a substructure, a footing, a base, or basis, even sometimes that word basic can kind of fit in there, but it's basically talking about something being put down. And I think the reason that's so relevant uh, to what we're talking about is that we're seeing this, that every time, every decision that you make of obedience to follow God, you're putting something down. You're putting another brick uh, in, the, in, in the footing, or you're putting, laying another la- layer, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're laying something else down so that down the road, you're connected Amen, because you've done, you know, these acts of obedience, I'm going to call them today, acts of obedience that now has, uh, you know, connected your house, your home, hallelujah, to the rock, amen, and as a result of it, you know, it stays firm, it stays planted, praise God, all right? So I'm trying to bring out in this series to show you the importance of every act of obedience is important, and that we're not to take... A casual approach to the things he says. You know, a lot of times we go along and we say, "Well, you know, it's not a big deal." Uh, you know, God, God understands, and somehow we try to justify why we're not going to follow when He leads. And uh, you know, or we know the word says that. But you know, it. You know, it's it's if you only knew what I was going through, or if you only understood this, or and we somehow we try to somehow smooth it over or justify it that it's okay. But you have to understand. Disobedience is disobedience. Obedience is obedience, okay? And even though God is very merciful, and He very very well is, I'm not taking away from that. God is merciful, all right? And praise God for the blood of the Lamb. Praise God for forgiveness, okay? But you have to understand that mercy is a wonderful thing to take care of the times that maybe you you didn't do something. But understand, uh, mercy doesn't prepare you for the storm. I want you to hear this, okay? Mercy doesn't put uh, put something down. Mercy doesn't put a brick in the footing, okay? It may cover you for the fact that you didn't put the brick down, but understand, okay, the brick didn't get laid. See, it still takes acts of obedience. That's why he said there's a difference here, okay? There's a difference between the wise man and the foolish man. There's a difference uh, because of the d- decision that they made. It made, a, it made a, uh, a, a result at the end that were different, okay? Because the one chose to keep doing what he should be doing, he was solid and firm that when the storm came through, it didn't disrupt uh, everything. But whereas the one that did not follow and ever kept doing uh, you know, something else or somehow talking himself out of it or justifying it or whatever he was doing or just flat saying no, Okay, what happens is he gets a different result, which is not one that anybody wants. Okay, and all of a sudden his house is breaking apart and it's going downstream. Now, obviously, I've been saying this every week, but you have to understand this is how this thing works. All right, and this gives a lot of answers. Okay, to why some uh, people's houses, so to speak, okay, or their life is falling apart and going downstream. When even though they they might have a love for God or they may say they serve God or go to church or or whatever, you just have to understand if they're not willing to follow God in the little things every day. And uh, as I brought out last week, and I'm going to talk about it more this week, these simple acts of obedience that all makes a difference. Every bit of it makes a difference. All right. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Again, last week, let's do a few little verses that we used last week, and then I'll move into what we have for you this week. Uh, John 4 and 34, Jesus said this, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In other words, he's saying that my my act of obedience, following God day in and day out, becomes my food or my sustenance. It also means nourishment, necessities of life, livelihood, support, aid, fuel. We can go kind of on and on and on. But sustenance is probably a key word for that. And what he's saying is that all my needs are met because I follow him. I do what he asked me to do. And as a result of it, I always have what I need. It always works. Praise God. Uh, No matter what kind of storm comes, what kind of pressure comes, I have what I need. Everything keeps working. Everything keeps moving forward. Praise God. And we obviously see that in Jesus' life. Amen. Remember, he said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Amen. He makes it real clear. I can, of myself, do nothing. So I follow him. I let Him lead me, and everything He leads me to do is what I do. And because of that, amen, I have all the necessities I need. I have all the sustenance I need, praise God, because I follow when I'm led. All right. Now, a few key verses we read last week. I won't read them this week uh, as far as go back to them, but we'll just kind of quote them to you and move on. But Isaiah 1 and 19 and verse 20, it says that if you are willing and obedient uh, you, will, you shall eat the good of the land, or the best the land has to offer is what it means. But if you refuse and rebel, it says you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. So in other words, the enemy has an inroad. is what he's talking about. So remember, there's the, the difference between obedience versus disobedience, okay? Following him or not following him. If you follow him, praise God, you eat the good of the land. If you don't, the enemy has an inroad. All right. There's a uh, the the word talks about a weapon that he forms against you. That's what it's talking about here. That weapon now that he's formed against you, now has has an inro to bring destruction in your life. Another reference on that is Job 36, verse 11 and 12, and it says, "If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity." And their years in pleasure. And like I said last week, that's a great 401k plan right there. Amen. But it says, if they do not obey, uh, they shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. Again, that's saying the same exact thing, that there's been a weapon that's been formed against you. Now the enemy has an in-row in because you chose not to follow. All right. Uh, John 10 brings this out. And we know the verse in John 10:10. Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. Now, uh, that's a wonderful verse. It shows you who the thief is and who the one that brings life is. Amen. But Jesus makes it real clear through that whole gospel of John 10 there. He makes it clear that my sheep know my voice, they hear my voice, and they follow my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. See, he says the key, the difference between let, allowing, I mean, I'll say it this way, the difference between allowing the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy and having abundant life comes in the fact of hearing and following, all right? Being a doer of what you hear, all right? Follow the voice. Don't follow the stranger. Don't follow the voice of another. Don't follow the enemy's leadings and biddings. Follow God's leadings. And if you'll do that, if you're obedient to what God leads, amen, you're going to walk in abundant life all the days of your life. Other references that back that up, Deuteronomy 28, which is a reference we did go to last week, amen, and he talks about the difference between the blessing and the curse in manifestation in your life. comes right down to one thing, obedience, all right? If you walk in obedience to what he says, it says that you will, you will walk in the blessing, if you disobey the voice of God or what he's leading you to do, it says the curse is going to slap you upside the head. And that's really how it works. That's the difference, all right? The Scriptures are real clear. If you want to uh, walk in your promised land versus not walking in your promised land, in other words, like the children of Israel, it's either the promised land or wandering in a wilderness for 40 years, came right down to this, obedience. That was the key. If you're not going to follow when he leads, You're probably not going to walk in your promised land if you if you if you refuse uh, you know if you refuse when he leads you're probably going to wander around like they did in a wilderness without any you know not bearing the kind of fruit that you're called to bear. Now that's kind of an ugly example, but it's the way it is. All right. Uh, the word also talks about, you know, the life like heaven on earth. I believe it's like Deuteronomy 11 brings out. But Jesus even said, he said, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's his desire that you have like days like heaven on earth, praise God. But again, when you go into that and you look at that and you study that, it comes down to one thing. whether you, If you're going to walk with days like heaven on earth, you're going to have to follow when he leads you. Now, I know I'm hammering on this. And I will continue as long as this series goes, okay, because this is the key to all of this, all right, is following God when he leads, and it's in the simple things. It's never this big, monstrous, you know, complicated thing. It's in little simple things day in and day out that we follow God. Every time we follow God, those little acts of obedience put something down, as that definition was to lay something down, to put something down, another layer, another brick. Why are you doing that? Because that no matter what the enemy down the road is trying to bring against you, it can do nothing. No weapon then formed against you will prosper. It will not succeed. No matter what he tries, it won't happen. I'm telling you, because you found it on the rock, praise God. So that's why these little acts of obedience are so important. All right, praise the Lord. Now, let's... uh, Let's do this. Today, we're going to go to 1 Kings. Let's go there. 1 Kings, in chapter 17, I'm going to start this, uh, you know, with this today, talking about a man named Elijah, and uh, we'll kind of bounce around a little bit on some other things, but I think primarily I want to start here, Um, and I'm talking today about the simple, um, just simple obedience to things, Um, the simple obedience. Uh, you know, utterances or commands uh, that the Lord gives, uh, how important they are. If you just follow the simple things, amen, it's amazing how it lays your life out, amen, for the blessing amen, for your promised land, for the abundant life, all the things we've been talking about, days like heaven on earth, all of these things, amen, hallelujah, to eat the good of the land, amen, your days of prosperity and success, all of that comes, amen, by just following God in the everyday things, amen, like Jesus said, my sustenance is in the doing, amen, when I do it, Every need gets met, praise God. So let's look at Elijah, chapter 17 of 1 Kings, verse 1, please. And it says, Elijah the Tishbite. uh, He's a Tishbite because he's from uh, uh, Tishbe, okay, is the the country, I guess. But it actually means uh, recourse, refuge, shelter. But it refers to a person or a thing to solve a problem or a need. I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, Tishbe... Uh, means that, because here he is, Elijah's a Tishbite, right? He's of that, of that region, amen? But he's here to solve a problem, amen? Well, uh, amen, we'll see what happens here. So he shows up and says he's from the, the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, uh, so King Ahab here at the time, and he said, as the Lord God of Israel lives, uh, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And it says, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Okay, so first off, he's addressing uh, the king, okay? Obviously, the king uh, is a very um, uh, ungodly king, all right? A lot of problems, a lot of issues, okay? Very uh, very carnal, very selfish, and in a lot of ways, very demonic, okay? A lot, of, a lot of junk here, all right? So he's sent by God to go give a word to this king, this, this unrighteous king, And he says, listen, there ain't going to be any rain until I say so. Now, that's quite a a statement to make. Now, obviously, he's used to following God. So now the next thing then, he gets a word from God saying to him, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows by the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. uh, And I have commanded, look at this, the ravens to feed you there. And then verse 5 says, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. In other words, he went, what was he told to do? He was told to go eastward, to turn eastward, hide by the, the brook, okay, cherished. So he told him exactly where to go, okay, it's, which flows into the Jordan. So he knows exactly where he needs to go, okay, and he's going to uh, be there. And not only going to have something to drink from the brook, but he's also going to have the ravens feed the prophet of God if he'll go there. Okay, now this is what I'm going to say, okay? This may be unusual, but it is simple, all right? It might be uh, un- un- uncommon, but it's simple. It's not complicated what he was asked to do here. It was something simple. Now, it might have kind of warred with the head, just like, you know, if he told you to do the same thing, you'd probably think, uh, am I really hearing God? Well, obviously, he knew the voice of God. Obviously, he went before the king, led by God. And here he is now, you know, being led to go where he needs to go at this moment. And that's what he goes and does. And the word says, if you will go there, your needs are going to be met. So what if he wouldn't have went there? Just thought, right? What if he said, I don't want to to go by that brook. I'm going to go by a different brook. I'm going to go hang over here instead. Well, chances are his needs probably wouldn't be met. Because the ravens were commanded to go to that place, and deposit food there for him every day, and if he was to go somewhere else, come on, listen, even though he'd say, well, you know, I don't, I don't like that place, or I somehow try to justify that that's not where I want to go or shouldn't go or whatever. See, the point is this, child of God. All day long, you could say, well, that doesn't seem right to me, okay? Well, we know that you get in trouble if you just live by what seems right, okay? We talked about that last week. And so the prophet of God couldn't live by what seems right. He had to live by what was right. And God said, this is where you go and go there. Now, the point I'm trying to make, even though I'm hammering on a lot, the point I'm trying to make is it's a simple, simple instruction. Wasn't nothing complicated about it. You know, it, it, it was simple. Now, it might have went, uh, you know, cross grain with your thinking. So in that sense, it did not seem easy, but it's still simple. It's a simple instruction. Okay. And obviously he went and did. And the word says, uh, you know, uh, verse 5 again, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, went right where he's supposed to. And it said the ravens, verse 6, brought him bread and meal in the morning and bread and meal in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Okay, so the point is this, okay, you know, think about the provision that came, okay, very unusual, okay, very unusual uncommon, or we could say, I think I used that word, uh, maybe uncharacteristic or unfamiliar, unconventional, okay, uncanny. We could, all kinds of different words there, but it's unusual, but it happened. Why? Because he followed. Please hear this. He followed, did exactly what God said. As a result, his needs are met right there, and it makes that clear right there, okay? And it happened, verse 7 after a while, that the brook dried up. Well, because there had been no rain in the land. So obviously, it's going to dry up. So it did. But then again, the word of the Lord came to him and told him, uh, saying to him, Amen, arise and go to Zarephath. Okay. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, a different little region here. He says, which belongs to Sidon. Okay. It's a suburb of, of this area. And, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Okay. And he arose and he went, okay, so he went and did, okay, the scriptures prove out here again, okay, if you will follow, I'll meet your needs, there'll be sustenance if you follow, okay, if you go, you'll have the food or the uh, nutrition or what was that, uh, what was another definition of that word, sustenance, which was kind of a key word, you'll have the sustenance that you need if you follow when I lead. Cool word, amen. So he arose and went to Zarephath, all right? And he went and came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, "'Please bring me a little uh, water in a cup that I may drink.'" And as she uh, was going to get it, he called to her and said, "'Please bring me a morsel of, of bread in your hand.'" And so, uh, so she said, "'As the Lord your God lives, "'I do not have bread but only, only a handful of flour in a bin "'and a little oil in a jar.'" And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for it, uh, prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Now, obviously, okay, poverty has set in, obviously. Okay, she's a widow woman with a son, and she knows that, you know, I ain't got much left. Well, obviously, God didn't just send him there just to meet his needs only. Obviously, he's here for business, amen, to take care of somebody else, too. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do it as you, as you have said, and bring, it, bring me a small cake uh, from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some of your, for yourself and your son. And thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not uh, be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends uh, rain again on the earth. And so uh, she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. Now, exactly what happened when he told Elijah, if you will go here, I'm going to see to it that your needs are met there. And obviously, when he went there, he used, the word says he used a widow woman to take care of him, which means that if he's going to take care of you, that means he's got to take care of her so he can, not or she can take care of him. Amen. And that's exactly what happened. Now, the bottom line, hallelujah, we're talking about one miracle after another here, but it come down to this, okay? He was being a wise man by following exactly what God told him to do. Simple instruction. There was nothing that he asked him to do that wouldn't, complicated, or that was complicated. Every bit of it was simple, all right? Go here, wait here, now go here, wait there, or, or, you know, see the widow woman here. There was nothing really complicated about that. Now, again, it might war against the head, but it wasn't complicated. It was simple, and you'll find that almost across the board, when God talks to us day in and day out, it's about simple things. They may at times seem complicated because of how it wars with your head, but they're not complicated. They're almost always simple instructions. And it's amazing how God will use, amen, your obedience, amen, that through that uh, obedience, praise God, it begins to bring sustenance into your life. Now, again, I'm I'm, I'm talking about the importance of obedience. Now, all of these things, of course, are talking about, uh, you know, Uh, Bring in, uh, you know, this immediate uh, sustenance, okay? But understand that every act of obedience puts something down. So that no matter what's coming down the road, what kind of a, a warfare the enemy's trying to, uh, what kind of weapon the enemy's trying to raise against you, no matter what kind of storm in life may come, no matter what kind of pressure may come, no matter what kind of attack may come, or whatever, people, demonic, it doesn't matter. If you will continue to follow God, you're putting something down that prepares you to handle, no matter what comes, no matter what happens, it prepares you to handle it, praise God. Hope you're hearing this, child of God. Amen. Hallelujah. The Scripture says this in 1 Corinthians 1 and 27, that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And we definitely see that in this text. Many other texts I can think about. Amen. I think about Joshua. Uh, the, the Word talks about him when he, when he goes in and takes Jericho. All right. One of the first things he does when he crosses over into the Promised Land is takes Jericho, and Jericho, of course, is this fortified city, and he does it through this unusual, you know, acts, uh, you know, unusual instruction, I should say, and wants Joshua to follow simple instructions so that he could hand Jericho over in, uh, to his hand. What do he have him do? Well, you're going to go over here, you're going to march around the city every day for six days, one time around the city, you and all, all the men of, uh, you know, all the Israelites are going to circle the city. Simple instruction, nothing complicated about that. You're going to do that for six days straight, one time each day. All right. Now, of course, Joshua uh, instructed all the children of Israel that they're not going to talk. Okay. Well, because talking got, got them in trouble before. So he's, he, he gave them the instruction. Nobody says anything. And so they do that one time each day for six days. The seventh day, he says, you're going to circle around the city seven times. Now, so far, if you look at this, so far there's nothing complicated about what he's asked them to do, okay? It seems like almost in the natural mind it seems foolish, but to God it's not a foolish thing. But God's going to take that unusual thing, an unusual uh, instruction, he's going to use it to cause them, amen, to, uh, you know, to get the victory that they need. So what happens, praise God, the seventh day, they, they circle the city seven times, and then they blow the trumpets as instructed by the Lord, and the walls come down just like the Lord had told them. Again, through following simple instructions, amen. Exodus brings out when Moses was called, you know, standing in front of the, of the sea, They have the enemy barreling down on the back, uh, coming in behind, and everybody's fearful about what's going to happen, okay? God tells Moses to not be fearful, amen? He says this, he says, uh, uh, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And you think, what? Yeah, lift up your rod, lift up your hand, stretch it out over the sea, and divide the water. Well, first off, that's quite a... Phenomenal thing, but you notice again it was a simple instruction. I'm trying to make a point here. A simple instruction. Lift up the rod, lift up the hand, part the sea. He didn't have to move, didn't have to go anywhere, just had to do this. And when he did that, that sea parted, they were able to cross on dry ground. We're talking about simple instructions, child of God. But what would happen if he decided that's too stupid, that's too foolish? I ain't going to do that. Makes me look stupid. What would have happened? Well, probably the enemy barreling down on their backside is probably going to overtake them. Or we could say, uh, even in Joshua's account with the whole thing with Jericho, what if he decided, you know, that's really stupid. We're not going to do that. That's kind of goofy. What would have happened? Well, they'd be still there circling the city. Come on, somebody. Nothing would have, you know, nothing would have came down. Nothing would have happened. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, nothing would have changed. I'm just saying. See, following simple instructions how about uh jehoshaphat remember when they they sought god about all these armies that are coming against them and god said listen this in this case he said the battle's mine not yours amen but you still the word said he still had to go out before him amen so what what uh jehoshaphat did he said you know what Since the battle's not mine, but it's God's, I'm going to send out the praisers first. And that's what he did. Amen. That was actually Jehoshaphat's call to send the praisers out first. But the bottom line was they still had to go out. But when they did that, when they followed God, amen, the enemies turned on themselves. And by the time they got over the hill, amen, all the enemy was gone or all dead. Amen. So, uh, you know, had run and many of them run, many of them died, whatever. So the point is this. Following simple instructions. There's nothing hard about going out, facing your enemy. Nothing about going out and worshiping God. I'm just trying to make a point, child of God. Simple instructions. Simple instructions. Follow God. Amen. How about this? I I was thinking about this. um, Many things like even when Jesus was uh, uh, ministering to people, he'd say to one, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Now, that might go cross grain with the, the individual's uh, head because of their condition, but he said, rise up, take your bed, and walk. There was nothing complicated about that. So when the, when the gentleman did that, he was made whole. We know places, he said one time, go wash in the pool of Shalom, okay? He, you know, a blind man, he takes, uh, you know, clay, spits on the ground, makes some clay, smears it on the guy's face, and he says, now take this and go, go wash in the pool over there, okay? So, you know, he's blind, but uh, somebody either leads him there or he knows his way there, whatever, but the bottom line is, once he goes, he's made well, he can see again. The point is this, there's nothing complicated about it. It's simple instructions. I think about so many times the simple things. Now, I'm going somewhere with this today, but I'm trying to make a point. God never asks us to do a bunch of complicated things. It's simple things, getting us to try to just... Follow, and every time you do, not only is there sustenance and needs met, but you're putting something else down that no matter what kind of storm in life that can roll in, you're prepared for it, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. How about when he said uh, uh, to the man that had the withered hand, I think about when Jesus ministered to this man in the temple. He has got the withered hand, and he, he just, simple instructions, he says, come and stand right here. So the man comes up and stands by him. And a few minutes later, he says, stretch out that hand. So he stretched out that hand. And when he did, that hand was restored like the other one. Now, the point I'm trying to make, again, simple instructions. Now, a lot of times things war with our head, and so we think, we think they're not uh, simple, okay? But they really are a simple instruction, okay? They're not complicated, but yet we got to be willing to do it. And this is the point I've been trying to make through this whole series. A lot of times there's things that he says that we take so casual, such a casual approach to it, and when he's telling you certain things to do or not do or to say or not say, there's a reason for it. And so if you will just follow it as he leads, all of a sudden things begin to happen. Not only is there sustenance that meets the needs it brings you into a place of the blessing, hallelujah, but also praise God; it lays something down, preparing you for whatever kind of storm the enemy would try to rage against you. Oh hallelujah! Oh glory to God! How about uh, um, I think about uh, oh the lepers? That's a good one. Remember the the ten lepers, and he says, "Go show yourself to the priests." Simple instruction. Okay, now obviously you know you know they're out there outside the city because you know they're out in the leper colony so that's quite an you know an you know an instruction but it can be done it's simple go to town show yourself to the priest and the word says as they went they were made well of course one came back gave all kinds of praise and thanks praise God a, a great story there but the bottom line is amen it was a simple instruction and as they went to do Amen. Not only, praise God, did it meet the need, praise God, I believe, begins to lay something down, amen, preparing uh, individuals, praise God, for any other kind of storm in life. Amen. I think about uh, the time when he's using the boats of his disciples. They had already, that night, had already been out in the uh, sea trying to uh, bring in a catch, and the word says they could not. They were, uh, there was nothing. It was kind of they toiled all night long. Nothing came in. All right. And really at the time, uh, they're out there, they're washing the nets. Jesus needs the boat to kind of cast off a little bit so he can minister to all the people on the shoreline. And then all of a sudden he says, you know, cast out into the deep. Amen. Push off out into the deep and cast your nets out there. And they even, even look. they had a choice to make. In fact, uh, Peter had a choice to make. And he even told uh, the master, he said, listen, we've been toiling all night. Okay, we've been working hard. We've already washed the nets, but he said, nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. Now, see, he he obeyed it. He followed it, and the word said that he brought in a huge catch to the point that the net, literally the net. Now, that's a whole other story, but instead of throwing out all the nets, he threw out the one net. And as he brought it in, okay, that net was so, so full, it literally was, was almost breaking the net apart because there was such a haul in Okay, the point is obedience. But it was, again, it was a simple instruction. You know, just move up, cast out, throw your nets in. But if, if you... Moved more by what you're thinking. And obviously Simon or Peter, uh, you know, we know him as Peter. Uh, He he obviously a fisherman. He, you know, had a little warfare going on. You know, we've been doing that all night and didn't get anything. Why is this going to be any different? See, you could sit here, you could talk yourself out of a simple instruction, or you can do exactly what he says, and all sustenance comes. All the needs are met because you followed what he said. And it's an amazing story. Amen. So the man did the right thing, right? Peter did the right thing. Him and the boys pushed off throughout the net, and man, they had a, uh, you know, bolt-full, uh, bolt net-breaking, uh, you know, load that came in, praise God, that, that met some needs for quite a while, praise God. What a deal, praise God. I also think about that. We start talking about the water. I think about when, when the Lord told, uh, told the disciples, go fishing, right? Right, the temple tax thing, the whole thing had happened there, and he says, go fishing, and the first fish you pull in, amen, is going to have something in its mouth, and it's going to meet the need uh, of the temple tax. And you think, well, that's kind of unusual. Yeah, real unusual, right, but it's not complicated. They knew how to fish. They knew how to cast a line into the water. They knew how to reel in a fish, okay. The point is, okay, there was nothing, you know, Uh, complicated about it. It was was a simple instruction. Well, they could have said, that's pretty stupid and we're not doing that. You can't make me do that. Well, what happened? Well, they wouldn't have got the need met. But what'd they do? They went ahead, okay, fine, went and did what they were supposed to do, pulled it in. Guess what? The need gets met. Praise the Lord. This is how this works. Amen. All sustenance gets met through amen, through just instruction. Now, many times, uh, the, the ones that I've been using here today uh, many of them are just, you know, acts of obedience that, that brought maybe immediate uh, implications. In other words, a lot of these things, they got something that happened, came right away. But sometimes it isn't always. Sometimes it might be a little, little time down the road, whatever. But, but obedience always pays off. Amen. When, when Jesus said uh, to the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, okay, Okay, that, that might not a you know, everything turned around uh, the first day, but I guarantee as they followed him, things began to open up. Things began to happen. They saw one miracle after another miracle, after another sign, after another wonder, praise God, and they kept following. I was just thinking about all these things. Even when, even Paul we see in like Acts 9 when, when he has that, that bright light shines on him, that road to Damascus experience that we like to call it, amen, that all of a sudden, praise God, that bright light shines, on that whole scenario that happens there. And what's he do? He tells him, go to the city, and I'll instruct you further after you get there. Nothing complicated. A simple deal. Go to the city, and I'll take, I'll take it from there. A simple instruction. Well, what if Paul has said, I ain't going to the city, I'm going somewhere else. I was on the way this, going this way, I'm going to go this way instead. Well, you know, obviously the whole story plays out. You know, he was uh, blinded by that light temporarily, and uh, uh, the boys with him, uh, the ones that helped him, but praise God, he followed God, right? A simple instruction. He goes down in history as one of the greatest apostles. Amen. Wrote two thirds in the New Testament. Amen. And it started with a simple instruction go to the city. And you'll get further instruction there. Simple instruction. The point I'm trying to make is it's this is the way it is, amen, in our life every day. Okay, one last uh, main reference anyway. Let's go to James 1. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Appreciate you letting me kind of uh, slowly dive into this. Uh, James 1, verse 21, please. Hallelujah. Now, I think I touched on one or two of these verses, I think, uh week or so ago, all right? But let's look at it now. We're going to read through this. Verse 21 says, Therefore, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, and that just literally means being teachable here, the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Okay, he's talking about the word, bringing in the word. And then we hear the verse that we we comment. In fact, I might have quoted this earlier. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Okay, so in other words, you take it in, you don't just hear it, you got to be a doer of it. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets about what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the word again, and he continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed In what he does, he'll be blessed in what he does, and uh, uh, the message translation says that this way he will find delight and affirmation in the action. The Amplified brings out that if you're not a heedless listener, but yet uh, and one who forgets, Amen. You're but an active doer. I love that you're an active doer, one who obeys. He shall be blessed in his doing. In other words, his life of obedience. Amen. It's the life of obedience. That's the Amplified brings out of that last verse there. Now, the point I'm just trying to make is this, okay? Still again, the blessing, see, the sustenance, the needs met are based in the doing, not just the hearing. But I wanted to bring something out in this text. If you back up here in verse 23, it says, for if anyone is a hearer, I love this, if anyone is a hearer, of the word and not a doer. He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes, uh, he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I thought that was kind of interesting They'd bring this out. Okay, looking into a mirror, you look in, you see who you are, and then you leave and you forget who you are. Now the reason he's forgetting who he's he's comparing it with a person that's heard the word and refuses to do. You're like a person that looks in a mirror. You see who you are, but you walk away and forget who you are because you're not willing to do. Because the doing not only brings the blessing, the doing also keeps you connected to who you are. Now, you need to hear this, child of God. That's why your house can stand when the storms of life hit. Because you still know who you are. You're not disconnected from that. The scripture tells us, In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 18, But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, there's that word mirror, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, praise God. Now, of course, there's a lot said in that chapter uh, 3 of 2 Corinthians, but the point is this, okay, it's bringing out that the Word of God is like a mirror. Okay, and I'm trying to show you that's exactly what he's talking about here in James 1, okay? that this word, okay, so whether we're talking about the written word, it also fits as far as the voice of God, something being spoke internally, but, but I love how he brings it out here in James, that this word, amen, if you will look into this word, you find out who you are. It's like looking in a mirror, and you become transformed to that image, amen. And it's a work of the Spirit. It's a a daily process. But the more you look into this Word, take a hold of this Word, and not be just a hearer only, but a doer of what what you've seen or what you've heard. Praise God. The Word makes it real clear, amen, that you're going to be blessed in what you do. But if you don't, see, it says that you, you lift this up, you look at it, and then you lay it down, you go off. But the problem is you don't apply it to anything. You don't exercise it in anything. It says you forget who you are. In child of God, that's what happens to a lot of Christians. They may hear good sermons. They may hear, uh, you know, have some good uh, private time reading something. But if they don't apply it to anything, if they don't exercise what they've read or exercise what they've heard, what happens is you lose sight of who you are. And so in those little acts of obedience when God is trying to instruct you and lead you, See, you don't know who you are, you you don't follow it, you don't see the importance of it, you don't don't value it enough. And what happens is, little by little, okay, you're you're not laying the foundation that you should be laying, and so when the storms of life hit, you don't recognize who you are, you you, you can't stand, you can't resist. Now, why did I say all this today? Well, because God talks to you about things every day. Talks to you about maybe trusting Him, about not worrying. These are simple little things. Cast the care of that on, on, on the Lord instead of worrying about it. Well, no, somebody's got to worry about it. No, no, cast the care of that on the Lord. Don't, don't, don't sit and worry about it. Trust God in this situation. And if you do it just a little thing It's say, you know what, I'm just going to believe God instead of worrying. Now, that might war with your head, but it's a simple instruction. Don't let yourself uh, give heed to that. Don't give, don't, don't let your mind wander on that, cast that thought down. See, it's a simple instruction. And if you will follow that, you're putting something down. See, you're, you're staying anchored to who you are. You're staying connected to who you are. Spirit of God might, you know, talk to you about, uh, you know, uh, what's a good one here, maybe, um, you know, being honorable. About, you know, being honorable to somebody. Uh, you know, to to forgive somebody, to release them from uh, from something maybe they've done, some action or something. I think about how many times people have had things done to them that won't let something go, and the spirit of God is saying, "Let it go, forgive, pray for them." These are all things that are you know not complicated. Now they might war against your uh, your your head a little bit, uh, no doubt about it. But it's not complicated it's still a simple instruction, and if you'll do that, it prepares you, sets you uh, you know on a course uh, to uh, to be a person that stands firm when the storm's hit. You stay connected who you are. Years ago, I had a situation that happened very early on in in ministry, and uh, a situation happened i was I was actually uh, uh, I tried to say this in a way that I don't bring any kind of dishonor to somebody, but at the same time. Uh, understand the importance of just simple instructions i was i was asked to uh i was dismissed from a ministry okay i was just a uh, just an assistant i was just uh you know uh trying to to be a help everywhere i can i was involved in their youth ministry and uh i'm still to this day don't have a clue what i did but i was dismissed from that ministry and uh, it was the, it was made clear to me in no uncertain terms don't let the door hit you on the way out Now, most people get offended at that. Most people would say, I'm never going back to that church or any other church for that matter. And a lot of people, that's the way they do. And um, I left. Um, Me and my wife, uh, we we went home. Okay, we were a little little upset about what happened. We're not sure really why it, it ended up happening. We didn't know what really went down. Okay, we had so many question marks about what was going on. But I went out and I got quiet with God and the Spirit of God said, that's still your church and that's still your pastor. Go back to church. And I knew in my heart that's what I was supposed to do. And I went back to that church the next service. The next, actually, we were having a series of meetings. I went back the next night, went to that church. Nothing else was said about it again. There was never a, another, it was never brought up again. There was never an apology. There was never any. I still to this day don't even have a clue what I did. Okay. And so the point is this I went and did what God said. And do you know, six months later, I became the pastor of that church. And I'm still pastoring that church 30 some years later. Now, the point I'm just trying to make, I'm not trying to act act like I'm something uh, or know more than the next guy. All it was was a simple act of obedience go back to church. That's your church, that's still your pastor. I haven't dismissed you or released you. And when I did that, child of God, another something else was laid. And six months later, I'm pastoring that church. Now I'm not, I'm just telling you, simple acts of obedience. Sometimes you don't realize how simple they are and how much weight they, um, I could say, how much of importance, uh, how weighty the importance is. Let's put it that way. Amazing, simple acts of it. And I can go on and on and on of different things. How about when God talks to you about giving? When God talks to you about the tithe or about being honorable with your giving, helping somebody, giving here and giving there, being a part of this, being a part of it. How many times will God talk to you about simple things like that? And just the act of obedience not only opens the door for sustenance, but also begins to lay something else down, preparing you for whatever may be ahead. I can go on and on and on, just acts of obedience, of just following just in those areas alone. How about when God talks to you about your words, about what to say, what not to say? Maybe this is a good time to not say anything. You ever had God talk to you? I'm just saying, simple act of obedience. It's not hard, it's not, you know, a complicated thing to shut up when God says to shut up. Now, it might war with your head, and every fiber of your being and every part of your feelings and emotions might want to say the opposite. But when God says, hush, it's a good time to hush. You know what you just did? You laid something else down. Laid another brick down. There might be times God may say, say something. And every part of you says, I don't want to say anything. But the Spirit of God says, this is a good time to say something. And you follow suit. You say what you're supposed to do. Another simple act of obedience, praise God, lay something else down. Now, the point I'm trying to make, and I hope I'm making it, is all these little things that God instructs us to do day in and day out, whether we're reading it by the Word of God or whether God internally is speaking something to our heart, when you follow those things, amen, not only does it bring sustenance, Not only can I have some immediate, uh, you know, uh, 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 benefit to it, but also, child of God, you're laying something down, amen, that no matter, amen, what the enemy tries to raise against you later on, praise God, you've got a foundation. Your house is anchored to the rock, praise God. And no matter what happens, no matter how it blows or the winds blow, no matter what the enemy tries to do, you're staying firm in who you are because you've laid a foundation through just simple Obedience to simple instructions, praise God, day in and day out, day in and day out. Child of God, I hope you got something today. Praise God. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for a people of God that had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. And Father, I give you praise once again, opening the eyes of our understanding. Hallelujah. That we would see and know what we need to see and what we need to know. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed.